information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. And today, Tony is going to cover his preseason scouting and some of the things that he does when it comes time to apply for tags and a little bit about uh, diving into the research that he does once he knows what tags he has drawn. Uh, It's not a super, super um, daunting task like it sometimes looks. Um, I know sometimes when you're very first wanting to hunt other states, sometimes that that thought of having to do all the research is kind of scary, Um, but there are definitely systems and methods and companies out there to help you, and and, uh, hopefully this podcast and what Tony uses and does will help you guys out. So thanks, Tony, for hopping on the show. No problem. My pleasure. uh, It it can be a a, uh, rather daunting task at first when you be, before you've dove in and done it once or twice it's it can be a bit overwhelming and especially if you're doing it alone uh as all my hunts are it's uh you know taking that leap of faith the first time is is not so easy so um yeah i there and there's also you know, like you say lots of different uh companies out there that'll help you there's tag services that'll help you apply i don't i don't hire anybody to apply for my tags for me, but I definitely use uh, information from websites like Go Hunt and Hunt and Fool and Eastman's. And I mean, if I hear somebody talking down the street in the coffee shop about, oh, I'm <laughs> I don't, I don't care where it comes from. I, I can decide later on if it's good or bad information. But soak up everything you can. Yeah, um, and I just have a question about those few that you named. Yep. Um, do you kind of rely on one of them heavier than others, or do you feel that utilizing the three as a team, they kind of fill in the gaps that the one or the other may not have? Yeah, uh, well, with Eastman's, you know, it's it's not you're not going to call in and talk to anybody. Uh, yep, it's just, yep. just data. So it's data uh, and some opinions. Um, and, you know, and if you compare all three of them, they don't always all agree. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, so, you know, I'd be a subscriber to Eastman's even if I didn't have, even without the, the research section at the back. I just like uh, the people writing there, and, um, you know, I just like the magazine. Yep. The, the Hunting Fool uh, is great. Um, I became a member about the same time that uh, one of their hunt consultants joined up, uh, Garth Jensen, and... I've actually developed a friendship with him, and uh, I mean, he's he's been great. He's you know, and he's I think he's that way with everybody too. He's just a great guy. You can bounce ideas off him. Uh, and there's some other guys there too. Robert Hanneman is a wealth of knowledge. Um, Logan Hedges is, is uh, he, he's one of those guys that nobody really knows about, but I mean, he he's yeah, he's got a lot of information. Uh, and is also a great guy. So the go hunt, you know that that boy, their their uh, statistics that came out this year um, uh, in there, I forget what they call it, but the the new version. Uh, oh, that filter uh, 2.0. Yeah, yeah, that's that's some good stuff. Um, you know, again, you're not going to have that one-on-one. You know, shoot, you got a question about you know something or. You're not going to call in there and talk to me. I'm sure they would talk to you, but it's not something that they market it as. But, man, mm-hmm. there's just so much data there that you can pull out and use. And uh, 
And that's one of one of the things that I look for. And, and we were talking before the podcast a little bit before we said we should be recording this. <laughs> I like to look for hunts that I can draw. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be waiting a long time. Uh, I, you know, I'm. I try to put together enough hunts, enough tags each season that I can. You know, I leave home here sometime in August and with the truck loaded down, and I want to have. I want to have it all scheduled out where I'm going to hunt. You know, from state to state to state for eight to 12 weeks and uh i need to have tags so and there's not enough you know i need to i need to rely on at least one or two draw tags a year to go with over-the-counter type stuff like uh you know over, over the counter units and i call it over the counter unit but you know, the general tags in montana or the the, the, the elk tags in colorado or and uh, so what i look for is you know and, and, I, and i shouldn't say it's with all states I, I still shoot for the moon and uh in a few states like utah I'm applying for, you know, great tags. And if I hit great, if I don't, it's no big deal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I should say, they, they all, oh, I should backtrack there. They also offer the general tag for deer in uh, Utah, which actually we'll be hunting that for the first time this year. But, you know, awesome. for the, the limited entry uh, tags, you know, I shoot for the moon. Same thing with Nevada. I'm not uh, looking to hunt Nevada every year. That's going to be one of my, when I draw it, it's going to be something special. Gotcha. Um, but, but in Arizona, I mean, I applied, I drew Arizona deer and elk last year. I applied for the easiest to draw elk tag and uh, the easiest uh, deer tag that is in the, that's not over the counter. And I uh, uh, did not have that many, uh, that many points. I think I had four points when I hit them both. So wow. it, you can do it. Uh, and the same thing this, this year, I was lucky to draw a uh, Idaho moose tag. And I applied for one of the easiest uh, units, not the easiest, but it's, you know, I had, you know, last year I had a 12% chance and I didn't draw it. This year, obviously I did, and I, I won't know until next year uh, what the odds actually were for, for this season, but, you know, it's that's pretty good when you consider, you know, a lot of, a lot of the other states, you're looking at a less than a 1% chance. Um, so, but it's also not going to be a trophy unit for that. You know, I'm going to have to hunt a little harder and, and maybe do, do a little more research, uh, spend some more time in order to get out a, a, a bigger bowl. But, um, and who knows, it might just be even a unit that doesn't even have the trophy quality or the, you know, that, that some of the other units have. I know the genetics are there. I've talked to, I have them been doing research on it and I've talked to, you know, I've talked to biologists, I've talked to game wardens, I've talked to, um, People that have hunted it. Um, social media is great when you, you know, and people also like to share information on once in a lifetime tags like that, like that they do not share information uh, in that way for uh, like elk and deer hunts. Right. People, yeah. They're, you know, they know, when they know they can never draw it again, they're more than happy to, to tell you what they found and what they saw. And so, no, so I, so I, that's my game plan going into the, into the draw systems. I got maybe two states really that I, that I just, you know, I shoot for the moon for the best tags, uh, and then, you know, and that'd be in uh, Utah and Nevada, minus the general deer hunt in Utah. And then everything else I try to, you know, every year I'm trying to draw a middle-of-the-road tag in Montana, and if I don't, I get the general unit or general tag combination. Colorado, the, the deer hunt that I usually do there is, you know, I, I drew it. I've drawn it with one point. I've drawn it with zero points. Uh, this year I drew it with one point. Um, and over the counter out there too. Um, you know, if I get back to Arizona, it'll be because I'm I'm applying for those easy to draw hunts again. I figure I'll just I'll just work hard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw plenty of great animals last year. I mean, I passed up more bulls on that Arizona 
uh, archery hunt last year than, you know, I mean, double digit bulls in, in 10 days. He was 14. That, uh, yeah, it was, I just, just, you know, once you see one of the great ones, then you're, you know, you keep, keep seeing all these five points and five by sixes. And it's like, you know, yeah, I just kind of had to, had to hold out. <laughs> so, so yeah, you gotta, I, I kind of apply for a little mixed bag there, but you gotta make sure you've got enough, enough tags that you can, you know, as much as you want to hunt then um and then once i hit them you know a lot and that's i'm a big fan also of hunting the same areas every year um i mean once i find a good spot unless something devastating comes through there which uh, i'm kind of glad i didn't draw maybe in wyoming this year because i have been hunting western wyoming and it got hammered pretty hard uh with the winter this year mm-hmm. but um but unless something changes i mean i'm hunting i'm, I'm gonna plan for the same areas because i want to you know I, I feel like I'm going to be more successful, more productive, hunting the same areas, learning more about it. You know, sure it's fun to go try new new things and new experiences, but um, I can. The, the units are pretty big. You can find new little spots and have a, a plan A, plan B, all you know, as many as you want. And just add a couple new spots every year, because uh, some of your other spots are going to dry up year to year. Not every not every year is going to be the same when you get in there, but mm-hmm. but. But if you look at something like uh, when you do draw something new, like that moose tag that I drew, I mean, I put together a list kind of questions that I wanted to ask people that, that knew the area. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have a friend uh, that lives pretty close to the unit that, that knows it well. And uh, he gave me some spots to look at. So instantly I'm scouring Google Earth um, and I'm, I'm learning the lay of the land basically first. It's not a giant unit, so I'm looking at looking at roads, looking at camping spots, you know, is this going to be something I'm going to have to be backpacking in for, or is it something that I'd be more productive to to day hunt in, um, and just do like little two, three mile observation loops, and um, moose are big, so I'm, 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 and I've never hunted I'm, I'm also doing research on how just to kill a big moose, because, right? I mean, all I know is what I see on TV, and, uh, and what I read in magazines, so this has been, you know, I've got a, I started a thread on Rockslide basically saying, you know, well, do I use my you know my bugle tube from elk hunting? Do I do I bring a scapula like you see a lot of the guides up in Alaska use use them for raking trees? And like, I don't know what to do. So, mm-hmm. um, but I got I you know I, I find the name of the biologist in the area. I gave them a call and then you know I had a bunch of questions for him that were like you know what's the general health of the herd doing? Are the numbers up or down? Um, with bull cow ratios. Uh, proximity of, to water is there water up high is there water is there any dry spots and, and you know and you got, I try to avoid questions like you know where where are all the bulls where where are the big bulls do you know but you can you can kind of slide a question in there maybe it says you know where wouldn't you hunt uh, where if you were if you were hunting in this area you know are there any areas that don't have water moose like water if you've got dry basins well you probably you're probably better off looking to where some of there's going to be, you know, they need, they need more water than it, than deer. So, uh, in Idaho, I'm, I was worried about, uh, I don't say worried, but, uh, concerned about, you know, grizzlies in the area. Um, so I confirmed that there's, you know, well, not, no one would, no one would say that there's not any grizzlies in the area, but it's definitely not, uh, it's not grizzly central. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Checking out wolves, uh, you know, asking the game or the, uh, biologist, you know, what, what type of elevations do the do the moose uh, frequent? You know, what's their primary food? Um, are there any burns, clear cuts? Is there any logging going on? Um, winter kill, which I've, I found out even that the winter that 
that Idaho dealt with this past year, you know, the mills are built to survive that. That's pretty much what, what everybody's told me. It's like, they're fine. I, I always like to find out who the outfitters are in the area. Um, one, I, I, you know, I, I hunt solo. So I'm lucky enough here that I've got two different friends that have horses and stock that are, that have already offered to help me, uh, once I do get a moose down in the area. So I'll have them on, on standby, but, uh, I don't always have that. So, you know, I usually try to get a hold of the outfitter in the area and say, listen, you know, if I get a, this is usually elk hunting, like if I get a bull down in a spot where it's going to take me two days, but it's crazy warm and I don't have a, you know, a thermal corridor or, you know, creek or something I can submerge the meat. So I, I've got no other options. I'm going to make that phone call and I want to have someone with horses that's willing, you know, or, or able to be hired to uh, help me get them out. Um, cause you don't always have friends in the area with, with, with stock. So, uh, and, and sometimes the Alfred will tell you straight up, you know, this is where we always have our main camp. These are the basins we hunt. And basically I think they're, you know, it's like the mark of their territory peeing on a log, but, uh, and I'm okay with that. You know, and I, I don't, I don't want that confrontation either. I don't want, even if there's the majority of the animals in there, I'm going to, you know, I'll stay clear. I, there's nothing that's more frustrating than backpacking in five or six miles and then, starting to glass and seeing more people than you do animals. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so, and that, and that, yeah, and, and that's another thing I asked, uh, you know, the game wardens and the biologists, how is the hunting pressure in there? Is it, uh, you know, is it, you know, where, where do animals go when the pressure starts? Um, does the heaviest pressure come from close to trailhead? Does it, you know, do most people burn right past the first three miles? And, is, you know, there's some spots like that. They have nice hiking trails and, you know, four five six miles well that's where everybody goes and they walk right by some uh, some animals sometimes um besides logging you know mining operations is there uh is there you know other things in there that could be you know you, you hike into this beautiful base and then you realize that there's a, a salt mine in there or, or something in there and they just you know other places to avoid um so it's there's <clears throat> There's lots of, you know, I hunt in new states too. I mean, you know, one of my first questions when I called the biologist was, uh, or the game warden in Idaho was, what about deadheads? You know, if this was a bad winter, am I going to, you know, I come across a, a beautiful buck that, that didn't make it through the winter. Can I pick the sucker up? Um, every state's different. And the last thing, you know, I live for this. So the last thing I want to do is jeopardize, you know, you know, I pick up a, a deadhead skull with, you know, and take it, take it down to the truck when I leave and, and then you get a fine from that, and you're like, wait, well, this is legal where I live, but some states you can't. So. Yep, yep. So, and the biologist had a funny response when I, or the, you know, sorry, a game warden when I asked him, he says, uh, yeah, you can pick them up, but you got to bring them over to my house if they're, <laughs> if they're big. So, and actually, he was incredibly helpful and sounds like, you know, be a great guy. He's, but, and everybody usually is, you know, some, you know, I, I hear stories about guys calling, you know, a warden or a biologist and them being difficult to get a hold of. And then, uh, they may be being a little off on the phone, but I, I don't know, maybe it's the way people ask questions because everybody I've talked to has been pretty nice. And, you know, the first thing I do when I get a hold of them is thank them for their time and, you know, make sure that, make sure that they know that you appreciate them, uh, you know, they're probably underpaid for the work they put in and, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, but you know, little things like, you know, I, I didn't know about, you know, I, I've, I've heard that, uh, in Alaska, there are some areas you can't debone your, uh, your moose quarters. Well, that's going to put a big hurt on me if I can't, uh, if 
I can't debone them because I'm looking at, you know, a uh, 150 pound quarter or hind quarter. Yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna go over well uh, packing out. So right, they, yeah, I don't does not have you know. He said go you know feel free to debone whatever you want. So just we still have to leave proof of sex on there just like uh, with elk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. You know, and run from there, you know, I always try to find out where all the gas stations are in the area. So, you know, you come out of the mountain after five, seven days if you're backpack hunting uh, and you want to go get a, you know, a quick shower. That's another thing. I find all the gas stations or camping places that have showers because, um, you know, I'm all for jumping in a creek and, and cleaning off in a little stream. Uh, Very quickly. But, <laughs> but, yeah, sometimes it's 20 degrees and snowing. And it's like, okay, yeah, this, I really hot water right now sounds really nice. So... Um, always, always had that stuff figured out. Um, where I could before, we, before we move too far past the game wardens and the biologists, do you? Yeah. Um, I have just have a few questions about that. Do you usually call a game warden and a biologist? And mm-hmm. if you get a hold of, because usually there's a several wardens. Biologists yep. are a little less few of them, but usually there's several wardens. If you get a hold of a warden and he's not super, he or she is not super helpful. Do you try and call another warden? Um, you know, I would. Of, okay. Yeah, I definitely would. Uh, but I've I've been pretty lucky. Everyone I've ever called has been pretty easy to talk to. But yeah, I definitely. And I've actually even called back on different days. I've called and uh, talked to a biologist, and, and they are more than happy to answer your questions. But they they said, well, but the guy you really need to talk to is Rich. Rich isn't here. Um, you know, and they and they talked to me for a half hour, but then you know I called back on Rich's day when he was working and you know talked to him. So yep. it's um, you know it's funny. And once you get talking to them, um, they want to help, um, especially if you don't just act like a lazy guy and just be like, well, tell me where they're all at. Tell me where the big ones are. If you, <laughs> if you ask smart questions and and if they see that you're putting in as you know the solid effort and you're not looking for. A GPS location of a of where they're at. They're more willing to help, and uh, and actually a lot of times, you know, like uh, in Colorado where I uh, deer and elk hunt, they're uh, the outfitter there is he doesn't advertise and he just takes out a couple people a year. So if you just went on the internet, you'd never find him. Um, the only way I was actually able to get his phone number was through the, the game biologist, and he knew him. He gave me his number, and uh, it came in handy. I think it was 2014. Uh, it was 75 degrees, and I, I ended up chasing a herd about, well, I was five miles in from my truck, and I think I chased him about another four miles after that. And uh, I didn't have, this was before the, the Onyx Maps, uh, you know, mobile uh, thing on the phone. And, it, so I, and I didn't, I had paper maps, but I didn't, I, what I didn't know, it was, a, it was a road a mile away, but I had no way of knowing that. And looking at packing that stuff back nine, ten miles, just wasn't wasn't gonna happen in 75 degree heat, so I made the call. So, so that helped me there. Without that, I might have been in trouble. But, but I try to make sure that all my T's are crossed, my eyes are dotted before I leave home. All that stuff is taken care of. And the only thing when I leave the house, I got to think about is getting there, getting up, uh, getting the boots on, and and finding animals. So everything else should be taken care of when I leave the house. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, do you, when you were talking about, uh, you know, you like to hunt units, uh, or, or states that you can hunt every year, do Mm -hmm. you find that when you're getting, you know, start looking at the, like the general tag that Montana offers or the general tag that Utah (laughs) offers, 
Um, are you able to, with that general tag, because I know like in Wyoming, when you get a general tag, you can hunt multiple units. Oh, um, right. So are you finding the same thing with those other states that when you get a general tag, you can hunt, you're not restricted to a certain unit, or do you need to pick a unit within that general tag? With with Utah for the general deer tag, and I guess the first first year I've hunted it, um, mm-hmm. but you do have to apply for a specific unit. Gotcha. And, uh, and it's... Uh, and I, I, from looking at the points uh, that it's taken to draw this unit, I'll probably be able to hunt it every other year. Um, the Montana general tag, you get to hunt any and all of the general units for both deer. Uh, I shouldn't say both deer now. Some of them are general for deer, some of them are general for elk, but not necessarily the same. Because um, I know I've hunted units before where I couldn't hunt, couldn't shoot a deer if I saw it in there, and conversely, the other way for deer. Uh, so that's... Uh, and, those are, and that's that's a great tag, um, you know, the, the general tag, and obviously uh, uh, in uh, the general elk tag in Wyoming covers a lot of the state, and that's a fantastic tag. But so is the general tag in Montana, and I've wondered why. You know, I, uh, I guess it was the price increase that they they put up uh, a couple years ago, a few years ago. You know, they had made it so they haven't been selling out of those tags, and I always wondered, man, there's there's so many people that, that you know don't go out hunting because they're, they don't draw a tag, but all, all they had to do was basically go buy a leftover general tag in Montana. And they're into some, there's, there's some great bulls in those general units. If you just work a little bit. And actually, I think this year, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that because this year, I think they actually did sell out. Um, but, and I'm actually toying right now with the idea myself of, uh, of turning back my general tag because I don't know if I'll have time for it, but they offer a, Montana offers a pretty cool way, uh, you know, if you turn the tag in before, I think it's August 1st, I think you get 80%, 80% of, of paid in back, which is expensive. It's one of the more expensive uh, tags. But you can literally wait until, I think, the start of the firearm season before turning in and still get 50% off or 50% back. So, you know, I'll be starting in Utah, I think, third somewhere sometime in, the, I think it's the 19th of August. Uh, with my deer hunt, and then going from there, well, I shouldn't say it. When I leave the house here first, I'll go to Colorado, scout, probably like the second week of August for three, four days, go to Utah, scout for four or five days, then hunt uh, Utah, and then go back to Colorado, hope to hopefully some bucks that I'd already found, hopefully in time to catch the opener there. Uh, I think it's uh, last Saturday in, in Colorado, uh, of August in Colorado. Hopefully be able to get a deer and an elk, in, in short order and get my butt over to Idaho for the moose and then I have no idea what to expect I don't know if it's you know I know I know I've been told that a 40 inch bull in there is doable but I'll have to work to find one so I don't know if that means a week I don't know if that means a month so so I, I kind of don't want to turn that, that Montana general tag back in because if it only takes me a week you know it's it's September 15th and I'm not gonna be ready to go home at that point. So right, <laughs> I'm gonna want to chase them out. So the the food the the uh, freezers and coolers will be full hopefully by that point. Yeah, um, but I am pretty picky too about what I shoot. So it's nothing um, wrong with that. You know, no, if, if it's not gonna excite you when you pull the trigger, then why do it, right? Oh yeah, no, it's just yeah, mature animals. Uh, yeah. Unique unique animals get me going. Me so. too. I I really. Man, 
non-typical stuff just soup it just really interests me you know because part of me is like man what happened to make it grow like that you know <laughs> oh yeah it's genetic i think it's a lot of genetics because yeah. uh and that's another i did do another tag uh that's for later in the fall uh i always get a, a, a kansas uh archery tag and every year i apply for the additional like stamp they put on your tag that makes it so it's not just a whitetail tag it's a either species so you can hunt mule deer or whitetail and i see some monster mule deers every year down there that i cannot chase and there's a lot of non-typical genes i've seen some goofy stuff down there um including two of them last year that and they, it was good that i didn't have a tag last year because they needed a little bit of time uh but i think this year the, the one will at least be a four and a half and four and a half year old and they're i'm pretty excited to have finally drawn that either species uh, stamp it's going to be a, a fun hunt but that'll be in november so awesome now with you know kind of like nebraska um ohio iowa uh you know kansas when you're hunting those places mm-hmm. are you because the common thought is man that's a lot of farm ground it seems like everything yeah. would be private so you know, are you are you? Did you meet some people and you're in your you know they let oh, you yeah. hunt or? Yep. Do you try yep. and focus on walking areas or what? What's kind of your game plan in that situation? Uh, in in Kansas, I have uh, I've hunted both private and the walk-in hunting areas. The WIH uh, I've killed good bucks on on it. There's a uh, you know, and I'm not going to say what kind I look for because it's it, it's. Uh, it's one of my secrets I'm gonna I'm gonna keep, but that's definitely cool. that's there cool. are certain there are walk-in units that that uh, and they and you can go right to the, to the fishing game in Kansas there and get the map of all the landowners that have enrolled their 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 land in this and that shows oh, cool. you uh, you know where where each one's at and it breaks it all down and then uh, uh, but you know I, I would say it's probably been 20% of the of of the, the hunting I've done in Kansas most of it's been on on private land that I had uh, the fortune of being introduced to some ranchers that um they just become friends you know they've come up uh north here and fished with me and um you know we, we send jokes back and forth all summer long and uh they're just they're just good good people and um it's also one of the one of the hunts every year where i don't have to to sleep in a, a tent you know? <laughs> well, sometimes i still do but a lot of times that uh, they'll offer up uh a room or even a barn or something that's fine but as far as illinois and iowa when i've hunted there in ohio uh that's all been on private is but it's been you know it's just friends of friends and in, in most all this property i think every single property that i hunt in every one of those midwestern states i'm not the only one hunting it um the farmers employees uh in both illinois and iowa it's the same farmer it's right on the mississippi uh and the guy in Ohio, you know, all his employees hunt it. Um, the the local tow truck guy hunts it. I mean, you name it. There's a lot of pressure. Um, and the same thing in Kansas. They don't they don't say no to too many people. Um, but I think it's different for firearm season in Kansas. But as far as archery goes, uh, I've been yet to be turned down when I knock on a door. Uh, in the last two years, I've gained. Five more, five more ranches, and wow. I mean these are big chunks of land too. Um, and they're and they're super friendly. I mean, you know, I'm just just good people, and you know, they they'll even offer to show you the lay of the land, and you know, and I'll you know show them my maps and stuff, and then I know 
know where it's at already. But they're, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 good to it's good to have both options. The walking hunting in Kansas though is probably that's a there's there's some good public land hunting you can do in, in western Kansas. Um, but that's cool. As now. Are you utilizing, you know, like, uh, I mean, you've obviously hunted there multiple times, so you know where to apply now, but um, yeah. is Kansas an over-the-counter tag, or or uh, are you looking at draws for hunting states like Kansas and Ohio and stuff, or those where, you know, there's so many whitetails that are over-the-counter? No, it's, uh, well, it's, it's not over-the-counter, but they, uh, I think it's been pretty much 100% draw for the last the last few years gotcha i think i think there are units in kansas in the in the southeast that are that are not uh i think they might they might be a little bit harder to draw but at least where i've been drawn or applying it's if it, if it hasn't been 100 percent, it's been real close to it <laughs> I, I hate to yeah if i didn't draw that tag i'd be, I'd be pretty bummed because that's it's my last usually my last hunt of the year and uh, uh besides uh hunting back here at home and it's definitely a lot of fun awesome uh that's that's cool that uh that you're able to hunt that many states and do it all um you know obviously from because it's you know getting started into hunting multiple states like we just said a little while ago is it's kind of scary at first and you just kind of step over that boundary and hunt one out of state tag and then you it like clicks and you're like oh well this isn't that bad you know i can start doing more of this so um how much weight do you put on scouting a unit in person and having boots on the ground or do you mostly rely on things like google earth to do that uh both uh I, I, I want to know before I get there, you know, where the roads are at, uh, the stuff that you can tell on Google Earth, you know, uh, what accesses, what trailheads, you know, an idea of what maybe the, you know, the trails are going to be like and, and where you're going to be accessing. But once you get there, yeah, that's that's why I usually leave early. You know, I'll leave, I think, like I said, I think that archery tag in Utah opens on the 19th of August, and I'm, I'm planning on leaving here probably the – around the 10th uh so i'll drive to colorado and scout for a few days and then utah and scout for a few days and um i've that tag in, in colorado uh, i've hunted it a couple of times i've got more days scouting than i do hunting that tag i have killed uh every buck i've ever killed in there on the first or second day of the season wow and every year i've been able to follow up with a bull within two days as well so if you figure out where they're at and you don't blow them out, um, yeah, that's 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 half the battle. Have have a, a plan A, B, C, D, and E, and um, and a lot of times people, you know, your biggest buck might be covered up in tents, and that's you got to make a decision if uh, if that's going to be how you want to hunt or if you want to maybe go with your your second biggest buck in a different basin. But you know, I. I definitely think yeah, there's nothing like, you know, boots on the ground is, is exactly, is the only thing really that, that gives you a true sense of what, what a unit feels like. Everything looks 
small on, on Google Earth, and there's never <laughs> never failed. Every year, I'm looking at a unit, I'm like, oh, this is, this is, I can just go to here and then to here, and then you get there, and you're like, whoa, okay, well, <laughs> today. And, and I and I've got to find another way because I'm not going down in that canyon. I'm going to stay up on top here and skirt around and. And then yeah, there's there's learning curve, you know. I don't know how many times I've uh, you know been circling around to to glass something, and I you know I I can't get to it. I can't even get to the edge because of all these cliffs and and you waste a half a day. But that's one of the reasons I like going back to seeing units, even if even if I can't hunt it every year. If I can hunt it every other year, um, that's. You, know, you remember that stuff, plus. and yeah, it makes you makes you more efficient later. Yep, absolutely. Um, now, when you, because uh, remind me where you live. Northern Michigan. Northern yep. Michigan. So you know, obviously, Colorado isn't just a, a no. two-hour drive. So you said you do a lot of scouting. Um, do you do you try and fly and then get a rental vehicle, or do you drive, or what's what do you do there? I'm probably going to do that this year, but it'll be the first time. No, what I usually do is I try to get there four or five days before the season. Okay, and, gotcha. Now I'll backpack in, make, make a couple loops, take note of where animals are, and then uh, come out, repack, grab the bow, and by that time I'll figure out where I want to go. So that's what I was saying. I've got more days doing that scouting. You know, each each day of or each season I've been in there, I've probably scouted five or six days, and I've only it's only taken me one or two days to kill my deer. So. Awesome. Uh, That's be, so cool. I'd love to. If I lived out west, I I probably wouldn't be able to own my own business. Uh, <laughs> I'd be I'd be gone all the time, which my guys will probably tell you I am anyways. But um, and that's why I'm I'm able to to do all these hunts. It's just you know I I am my own boss, uh, and it just comes down to I have great employees, and it's a matter of how much time do I want to miss equals how much money do I not want to make. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I don't make a wage for those two months, and the guys keep everything going strong and uh, keep our customers happy and, and uh, you know and, and cover bills, but uh, of the business. But um, I, it's a choice I make that you know I'd, I'd rather forego the, the two months of of wages and uh, you to know do what you love. Only, <laughs> yeah, I'm only gonna be able to climb these mountains for so many years, and yeah. and really I wish I would have. Uh, you know, started doing it at an earlier age, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the curse of living, being born, growing up in the Midwest. So yeah. So really, one of my last questions that I have, because um, I know that some states, um, Wyoming, Colorado, for instance, you can get uh, a deer tag and an elk tag for the same unit. Um, yeah. You know, you can get that over the counter, like Colorado, you can get that over the counter elk tag, for instance. And then you're able to hopefully apply and get the deer tag. Um, When you're doing that, uh, say it's whether it's Wyoming or Montana or it doesn't really matter where, but do you try and get a deer and an elk tag in the same unit so you don't have to travel as much? Absolutely. Do you do? Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I I think the – as a matter of fact, and that's another tag that I I failed to mention that I have. As soon as I found out that I drew that moose tag in Idaho, I bought one of the the -the over-the-counter – general deer tags so mm-hmm. I can because I, I don't know if I'm going to spend two weeks in there uh, I know the area has great genetics for deer um, I don't what I've been told is a lot of them don't get to reach the age but 
you never know. Uh, and if I'm going to spend that much time in there, then there's a chance I'm going to find something. Uh, and <clears throat> I try to do that wherever I go, just because I, in my mind, the regret of seeing a great animal that you don't have a tag for that you could have if you had just bought it is is that regret is a whole lot more painful than the regret of spending three hundred dollars on a deer tag and not using it. So I'd uh, I'd rather eat the three hundred bucks than live with you know the fact that I found a two hundred and ten inch buck and I had to watch him bedded in a pretty <laughs> spot and walk away. No that kidding. My life. I'll forget about the three hundred bucks in a few years. So. Yep. But but I also you also have to main, remember while you're there and you know like that. In Colorado, I'm there to kill a deer. Uh, I've I've killed good bulls there, uh, bulls over 300 inches. But it, I'm there to kill a deer, and that's first. Um, gotcha. The and that's what the majority of the people are doing too. There's you know, there's elk hunters, but um, so elk always come second. Um, if you if you if you find yourself glass and elk and glass and deer, and then you're going back and forth, and you can't make up your mind, well, should I? And then next thing you know, you can't. Well, where'd that buck go? I didn't see him bed. Uh, you got to make up your mind what you're, you know, what you're doing. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're walking down, a, sneaking down a trail to go on a stalk and something presents itself and you get a gimme, whatever. But uh, you got to focus. Like when I'm moose hunting in Idaho, that deer tag will be in my pocket, but it won't be. Um, it'd have to be a big, big buck to get me <laughs> to put the moose on hold. Um, so you got to remember what you're there for and focus. Um, focus on one thing. I think that's. That's something a lot of guys don't do well enough uh, is focus on what they're there for. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes perfect sense. That's because yeah, last thing, like you say, you you have a, an awesome, awesome opportunity with your moose tag. <clears throat> and if you lose sight on that and start glassing up way higher than moose live, then obviously you're probably not going to see moose. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, like I say, Tony, I really, really appreciate it. Um, it, uh, I learned a ton of stuff, and I hope, and I would, I would assume that all the listeners are going to learn a bunch from this as well. You just made it a lot, a lot easier and a lot simpler, and kind of gave people a framework to start hunting multiple states. So I really appreciate you hopping on the show today. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.